You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me as always is Mr. Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church of Ohio Powell. And we are talking about what everyone is talking about. We're talking about the war going on in Israel, but we're really highlighting and talking about uh, the concerns people have on whether or not this is like the end, which I'm sad to say um, that people are saying that because there's a lot of stuff that has to happen in the Bible that hasn't happened before we're at the end. But Christians, whenever there's war, get concerned and seem to like jump to, is this it? Is this the end? So, I mean, we'll start with that. Is this the end? Is this the like the big war that ends all wars and, and, and ushers in the return of Christ? I don't believe it is the war to end all wars. Um, I do believe we're setting up for a lot of things to happen quickly. Um, the Bible talks about, uh, Jesus said, when these things happen, when wars and earthquakes and things happen more frequently, then start looking up to the sky because your redemption draws nigh. Something interesting that happened the day that Israel was attacked, Afghanistan, uh, New Guinea, and Mexico, all three suffered earthquakes the very same day. Now, Afghanistan sent weapons, U.S.-made weapons, to Hamas to use in this attack. So did God cause the earthquake in Afghanistan to happen because of what they did for Hamas? I don't know. But it's something interesting to think about, isn't it? Yeah, and as the war goes on, I just saw that they've suffered more tremors, more earthquakes, more more loss of life. And again, I'm not saying that one definitely means that, you know, God did the other. I am saying that God specifically said, don't mess with my people. There will be consequences. Um, and this, even though I wasn't there, I was going to say this reminds me of, but I wasn't there when he was born yet. But the Six-Day War uh, uh, in, what was it, 60, 67? 67, 68, um, yeah. Yeah, and people immediately thought, this is it. Israel is at war, uh, specifically people in that generation, because they could remember when Israel had just become a nation again, like 20-some-odd years prior. So now they're like, Israel is at war. Bible said they have to become a nation again before the end times. They've become a nation. 20 years later, they're at war. This is it. We're in the end times. And here we are some, you know, 50 years later still. So and, just because and, Israel goes to war doesn't mean we're in the and, end times. Right. And, and I mean, I believe we are in the end times. I believe we are very close to the end times, to the end of the end times. But we need to understand that we have been in the end times since the day of Pentecost. That is when, well, since the day that Jesus ascended into heaven, we have been ushered into the end times. 
um, because we are in the church age, but we are at the end of the church age, I believe. Um, and that is getting closer to the rapture. Um, the way the timeline breaks down, as far as I see it, is the when Christ ascended into heaven, he began, uh, and the day of Pentecost began the church age, and the church age will go up until the rapture of the church. And now, so re we really quick, that. really quick for those who don't, um, aren't familiar with it, if you look in your Bible in Acts chapter two, uh, it doesn't use the phrase church age, which no. might confuse some people. It uses the phrase the last days, uh, which, as Mark said, began with uh, the ascension of Christ and then the, the falling of the Holy Spirit and uh, onto the apostles and disciples. And uh, they literally, Peter stood up, stands up and people says, what's going on? And he literally says, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel in the last days. So he's saying, this thing you're seeing now is what was prophesied. So we have been in the last days or the church age or these <clears throat> times since uh, Acts chapter 2. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just know some no, people no, aren't that, familiar with the, the language. But go ahead. Yeah, continue. no, that that's fine. That's that that's and so so we've been in the last days for centuries. Now the other thing that I've been hearing a lot of the last few days is this is the last generation, you know, uh before the end. When you see these wars and these rumors of wars, the Bible says the generation shall not pass. So are we living in that last generation? I don't know. Only God knows that. I don't know what you would consider a generation. Some people consider, you know, 70 years a generation. Some people consider 100 years a generation. What is a generation? All I know is that we are to be watchful and waiting and ready for the Lord's return. And when we see these signs happening, all of these things happening. Another thing to just throw out there to confuse everybody. October has October the 13th, Friday the 13th. It has a red moon or what they call blood moon. It also has, um, there's one other thing it had that is prophetic, but it's not. All of these things, it's the things that have happened not for 100 years are all coming together in October. So it's got a lot of people saying, okay, October is going to be it. This is when Christ comes back. We got to be very careful. We got to remember no man knows the day nor the hour nor the time or the month that Jesus is going to return. We don't know it. So I will say this because I have uh, spent a lot of time on TikTok, maybe way more than I should. But there, especially throughout the month of September, there were people prophesying that on September 18th, Jesus would return. That on September 23rd, Jesus would return. That on October 8th, that would be it. And then when those dates came and passed, they changed it to, oh, well, we went on the Jewish calendar or, oh, we meant. Not that he would return, but that there would be a spiritual shift. And I even had one lady just recently message me and say, hey, so the spiritual shift that was supposed to happen on September 23rd, is that what led to the war we're seeing in Israel? I'm like, no. These hostilities, it didn't shift. 
they have been hostile towards one another for generations. There was no shift. Like, they were very peaceful, and all of a sudden, it was a spiritual shift. I was like, no. She was like, well, what does it mean? I was like, it means whoever you're listening to is lying to you. Uh, we, Like Mark said, we don't know the day or the hour. We can look at all of these spiritual signs and things that never happened before, and we can guesstimate, wow, what does that mean? But like, like you said, we have to be very careful in saying this means blank. Yeah. Because if the Bible doesn't say that, then we're just sharing our opinion. It's one thing for you and I to sit here and say, well, in my opinion, I think it's going to happen in the next 20 years or the next 30 years. That's one thing. We're giving our opinion. We're speculating. It's another thing for you and I to say, based on, like you said, that this blood moon and this thing and that thing, that it's going to happen on this date. The moment we say that, what we're actually saying is Jesus was a liar because he said no man knows the day and we're saying we do. So we're refuting our Lord and Savior. We're calling him a liar. We're calling God a liar because he said only God knows. And we're saying, no, we know too. Um, so we don't get to, like you said, we can speculate. We can say there's a lot of signs in these things. And Jesus made it crystal clear. Yeah, pay attention to the signs because that means you're getting closer. Um, and my puppy's going wild well, at the Amazon guy. So I'm going to mute and let you comment. Yeah, and I think it's it's it is important that we watch the signs. I mean, Jesus said, "Watch the signs. This is going to happen." And when you see these things taking place, know that your redemption draweth nigh. Um, and we're probably going to sound like a broken record saying that throughout this podcast, but that's the way it is. We need to be watchful. You know, it, it doesn't matter when the Lord comes back. If we are not ready for him. Um, that's the whole point of what he was saying is be ready, be ready. Um, and we can do all of the things we can do all of the watching we want. But if we're still not ready, it doesn't matter anyways. We're still going to have to go through the wrath of God through the tribulation time if he's not, you know, if we're if we're not ready. And that brings up the other thing is, you know, I've heard people say, well, this is the beginning of the tribulation. No, it's not. I don't believe it is. Um, I can't see biblically where this is the beginning of the tribulation. Number one, we're still here. Um, so if we're still here, it can't be the beginning of the tribulation. Uh, well, let me, let, me, let me throw this wrench in before you continue, because uh, there are people, and uh, I think they're wrong, and I know you do too, who say that, oh, well, the rapture, that's not a biblical thing. It's not going to happen. Uh, I actually had a conversation with someone online because someone in a, in a group asked, well, how can people say the rapture isn't going to happen? Because look at this verse in First uh, Thessalonians. And the person, they couldn't refute, refute the verse, but they said, go read this book that some person wrote. But there are people that think the rapture isn't going to happen. So for those people who say, well, I don't believe the rapture is going to happen, uh, what else can they look at to say that, no, we are not in the tribulation? Because the rapture, yes, I believe that's going to happen. It's crucial. But there are other things that are supposed to happen before the tribulation starts. Again, my puppy's going wild. So I'm going to mute and let you continue. We don't know who the Antichrist is. The Antichrist would be revealed 
uh, either prior to the tribulation uh, or right at the beginning of the tribulation. I have not seen anyone on this earth so far that would be able to bring peace to the entire world at this point. And that person would have to have come out of some 10 nation thing, uh, have created, uh, I think it says either four or three nations and then subjugate the other four or three and take power as himself. So we haven't seen any of that yet. And and we would be in a one world government and a one world monetarial system at this point, in in my mind. If I'm reading everything correctly, and and then again, this is my interpretation, but I believe that in order for us to really see the tribulation take place, we will have to have some more things. Now, are we moving that way? Absolutely. We're moving more and more to a cashless society. We're moving more and more to a one world um, government idea. Um, we're moving more and more towards a one world religion, one world group of people who say all religions are good. And if you're in that camp, I don't know with what's going on in Israel right now how you can say all religions are good. Because what? Hamas is following Allah and they think th the reason they're being so I don't want to say successful because they're not being really successful so harsh and, and so so intense right now is because they feel they are doing what their God told them to do. So let's let's uh, we might get muted on a couple of the channels that we broadcast our podcast on, but let's dig into that because there are a lot of Christians who side with Hamas. Uh, mm -hmm. I was just watching the news and I saw that there was this poll. I don't know how valid that is, but they were saying uh, on one of the channels, I forget which one when I was at the gym, that it was probably uh, Fox News because they were saying a lot of Democrats. Uh, in Congress, side with Hamas. And there are a lot of people who feel, well, uh, that whole area in the Gaza Strip was is, is a territory that was taken over by Israel. And so they feel like they're being occupied and they're fighting for their freedom. So what 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 is the what does the person of faith how do they respond to that accusation? God never blesses violence. He will never bless violence, period. Um, yes, there are congresswomen, especially mostly women, four of them, that have been um, praising this action, calling for uh, Israel to stand down and to give them the life. And and but let me back up a second. This isn't a this isn't something that is directed. Israel's not directing this to towards the Palestinians. This is not a war directed towards them. It's directed towards a terrorist group named Hamas. 
and I do mean terrorist group. Um, just like Al Qaeda was the terrorist group that came here and bombed our our towers in New York, Hamas is a terrorist group within the the city of Gaza, within the Palestinian people, who are taking over that whole area, and so people need to realize that this isn't against people it's not against nation it's against a terrorist group of evil pure evil that is is has taken over this area so you know as we sit here it's very easy to say those poor people and it is it's those poor people but those poor people are these these Evil people have embedded themselves in the midst of these poor people who've allowed it to happen. And I'll probably get shot down for this. My fear is we have the same scenario happening here in the United States right now. And somebody's going to say, Mark, what do you mean? We have borders that are wide open and we don't know who's coming across those borders. We don't know what's being, who is being embedded in our, our own country that can turn us into something like what we're witnessing on TV right now. Yeah, and I, I will, I will say this that um, I agree one hundred percent, but I want to make the clarification: it's not that uh, most people are saying don't let anyone in. What they're no, saying no. is we have a process, just like every other nation. We have a process of here's how we allow people into our nation. The same process that many nations have, uh, the same thing that many people do. They decide, hey, before I open my door and let you in my home, I got some questions. I want to know who you are. If I don't know who you are, you may not get in at all. Uh, so, And that's a valid process. So it's not saying don't let anyone in. It's saying you can't just they open the doors and let everybody who wants to come in, come in. Just like we don't open our doors and let whoever wants to come in, come in our house and start picking through our stuff, taking stuff out of our fridge, uh, doing whatever, who knows what to our kids when we don't know who's in our home. So that's a valid concern. Yeah. And any logical, reasonable person has that same concern on who they let into their home. So, what happens is the media blows it out of proportion and says we don't want to let anyone in. That's not the case. We just want to know who's coming into the house, what their intentions are, why they're here, and we have a process and have had a process. Uh, and the problem that we're seeing now is that the current government political uh, situation of just letting anybody and everybody um, has caused too many problems. So we're even there saying, okay, we can't do this anymore. I mean, we've as of yesterday, I think there was 150,000 getaways, which means people who crossed the border and just got away. In that 150,000, there are known enemies of the United States in that 150,000 on the top 10 terrorist watch groups that have entered in and are here. So... Um, getting back to Israel and, and, and this this war that they're in now, 
if you go back into the Old Testament, you will see that Palestinians and the Jewish people never, ever got along. There has, this has been a battle from centuries ago. Um, so um, it shouldn't surprise us that at times it's going to flare up and at times it's going to, to happen. Um, God's word is very clear that he, he will discipline his people when they need to be disciplined. Am I saying this is Israel's discipline time? I don't know, but I know that there were some things going on that were happening that God may not have been very pleased with some of the, the treaties and some of the things that were happening. Um, but I, I don't think as, as believers, we should be praying and we should be concerned with what's going on, but we should also be rejoicing in the fact that God is still in control of all of it. God's hand is still on all of this. And, um, we can't lose fact we can't lose sight of the fact that um israel is god's people and at the end of the book we know who wins this ultimate war in the end we know that god and his people will stand victorious over evil well i also want to address um this because Again, to the people that say, to the people that say um, that they side with Hamas. First and foremost, I think any nation, if this were nation, uh, has a right to defend itself um, mm-hmm. when its borders are violated, which right. is exactly what Hamas did. Um, uh, and there were, I mean, everyone's saying, well, there are casualties on both sides. Yeah. But if I come breaking into your house, uh, doing harm to your family, and you shoot me in defending yourself, I don't get to go cry to the world and the media that you're a mean person or that you need to stand down when I initiated it with an illegal act. Uh, but to the folks who also are saying that they they side with Hamas, because they're talking about the fact that, well, why doesn't Israel... Um, just give up the Gaza Strip. I'm not a politician. I can't really get into that. Uh, I mean, it dates back to before my time on when Israel kind of took over that. Uh, but the U.S. also has territories that we have that aren't United States. I mean, we have Puerto Rico. We have the Virgin Islands. We have Guam. Uh, we have the American Samoas. We have areas... They're not United States, right? They're not one of the 50 United States, but they're territories over which we exercise sovereign authority over. So it's not for me or anyone else to say, hey, uh, Israel, you can't have other areas that you exercise authority over when the United States has multiple areas that we exercise authority over. That's what you call hypocrisy. So we don't get to say that. Um, and again, we don't know. I mean, I think it dates back 
either to or before the whole six-day war when they took over the Gaza area. But I don't think people coming in and doing the type of violence that Hamas did, uh, the things that were not, the things that in the United States, uh, as a former military person, I would get tried, put in jail, uh, and, and life sentence for if I did in a war, some of the things that they did to civilians and women and children. Yeah. So I, I, I think we have to draw a line between, yeah, they're just trying to, you know, free themselves from oppression. That's one thing. But the type of, there are rules to war, even though it's war. There are rules to war. Uh, and people have said, well, Israel has attacked innocent. But it's one thing to shoot a rocket and innocents are destroyed. It's another thing to drag innocent people, women and children, into the street and execute them by gunfire, knife fire, or 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 all these and some of the other things, the atrocities they've done to the women and children. So that is not war. That is evil. Uh, it goes beyond terrorism to just pure evil. And anyone who tries to defend it is defending evil and cannot in good conscience, call themselves a Christ friend, in my opinion. Amen. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I mean, there's no, this is truly a battle between good and evil. I mean, that's all it is. When, when you have a group of people that come in and murder four babies, this is the report that they murdered four babies, but they just didn't murder them. They cut their heads off. Four babies, or 40 babies. They cut the heads off of 40 little babies. How can anyone do that without, without a conscience? I mean, it, it's just unbelievable the things that you hear that's happening. Um, I heard one person say this is the worst violence done towards the Jewish people since the Holocaust. And I, I can see that. Um, Christ followers need to be ready to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ, period. Part of the gospel of Jesus Christ is defending his, defending his whole word, word from Genesis to Revelation, not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And um, there's coming a time when we all are going to have to stand up and say, this is evil, this is good. And when anyone who is saying what's going on, what Hamas has done is good, and and celebrating that violence they cannot be associated with god they i mean plain and simple they cannot be associated with god so i don't care if you're calling yourself a christ follower but you're still rejoicing for the fact that that hamas is standing up against israel um in this type of way you need to re-examine your 
your heart and say whether or not you truly are a Christ follower. That sounds harsh and that sounds dogmatic, but it's in my eyes the truth. Yeah, and I I I think because there are people who side with not Hamas but the Palestinians. There are people who say, yeah, the Palestinians, you know, they're just defending themselves. I I can understand Christians who would take that response if it weren't for the type of violence that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, then, as you said, there's there's no room uh, to defend that and call yourself uh, a Christ follower. So to to people now, because uh, you know conversations are going on, uh, I, and I I have no idea, but I know. Let me back you up for a second. You yeah. got to remember, though, this isn't about the Palestinian people. This is about a terrorist organization. Exactly. Exactly. So I can, yeah, good good point. Uh, so what do we say to the people who, you know, I'm also like, I don't want to say this because people are going to, I'm also not okay with the people who dogmatically, automatically, uh, assume whether it be Israel or even though this is not the Palestinians, this is Hamas. One side is right and one side is automatically wrong without finding out what happened. Because uh, I, I mean, even Christians, we can do bad things. Uh, the people of God, they can do bad things. I mean, the whole Old Testament is filled with them not obeying God. But uh, I think we deserve to give people, hey, what happened here? The benefit of the doubt before we, you know, jump to one side or the other. And once you find out what happened, it is impossible impossible to see the type of atrocities that have taken place and and try to defend as you said and we need to make this clear hamas not palestine even though it's taking you know they're being drawn into this because of what hamas has done and of course they're like you know some of them are defending hamas and saying yes free us liberate us we're 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 but um what do what can the people the Christians, because uh, we are called faith responders, how can people of faith respond to everything going on? Uh, what, 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 how can they respond, whether it be in conversation with people around them who try to defend it? Uh, and, and I don't even know what to say to the people that automatically try to turn this atrocity into a political U.S. thing. Democrats and, and, and Republicans were not involved in this. Uh, depending on what people say, we'll either end up helping, supporting, or not helping, or whatever. But this isn't a Democrat or political or, or Republican thing. But what can people of faith do? How should they respond to just all that's going on right now? Well, you're not going to be surprised. The first thing is we need to pray. And I'm saying this biblically because uh, Psalms, 122.6 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We are to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, that is something that 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 is in the Bible that God commands us to do, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So as Christ followers, that should be something we should be doing daily, is praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And I've just got a pop-up for some reason. Hold on. Um, So that's number one. Number two, um, 
pray for the people that are in that are victims of this terrible violence um we need to pray for them and their families we need to pray for the people that are doing the violence well mark that sounds a little stupid but no we need to pray god gets a hold of them and changes their heart don't think god can't god can um and i mean look look at paul before Paul was Paul, he was he was Saul. He was condemning and beating and torturing Christians. God got a hold of his heart and said, "Stop it! You're going to be my disciple," and changed his life around. So it can be done. It can be done in our conversations with one another. Don't get angry if someone says, "Well, I support what's going on." fine, you support what's going on. I think you're wrong. I can't change your mind on that. But don't get into this bitter fight because you disagree. Um, it's the same as anything. I mean, this is still, as a Christ follower, Christ should be shining through us. I used an example in church a couple of weeks ago. Little girl was coming home from church with her mom. Her mom looked in the back mirror and saw that the little girl was puzzled and said, what's wrong? She said, I got a question. Our teacher said, our Sunday school teacher said, Jesus, that God is bigger than we are. And is that true? And the mom said, yeah, that's true. And he says, okay. She says, then he said that Jesus lives inside of us. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Jesus lives inside of us. Little girl sat back for a few seconds, was still confused, and she says, well, Mommy, if God is bigger than we are and Jesus lives inside of us, shouldn't he shine through? That's my question to all of us today. Is Jesus shining through your response to what's going on in the world today? Or are you just taking the route of um, putting on to the fire, putting wood on the fire by getting involved in conversations and, 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 and things that we should not be involved in. Uh, amen to that. <laughs> um, I think we're going to wind this down um, and hope that, you know, we have not made all the liberal platforms so mad that they kick us off. Uh, but we did uh, jump right into this because it's an important topic and because lives are at stake, eternal souls are at stake. Uh, but we did skip over what we normally start with, and we're going to end with that, and that is the what are we preaching on this weekend. Uh, and I'll, I'll start with you, Mark. What are you preaching on? I'm, I'm actually preaching on being a stumbling block or a stepping stone. How are you living your life out as a Christian? Um, talks about us not being stumbling stumbling stones. Jesus talks about us not being stumbling blocks. Um, it's an important topic, I think, that we all need to think about. Are we being 
is our life so is our life pointing to Jesus or is it so hypocritical that Jesus can't be seen in our lives and we're a stumbling block to someone else? So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about stumbling blocks. Okay. Uh, we are continuing in Ephesians. Uh, we're in Ephesians chapter five. We did four and chapter part of chapter five last week talking about how we should live, the way we should treat one another. I feel like that's Christianity 101. Uh, reiterated, don't, you know, steal, don't lie, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And this week, we're going into the portion where Paul talks about um, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, and then talks about marriages and family and the workplace. So that's what we're going to focus on, how we should treat uh, one another and others in our marriages, in our families, and in the workplace. Uh, and hopefully that carries on into the way we treat one another online. Because that's the biggest <laughs> issue that we're seeing. It's the way people treat one another online. So that being said, uh, we're going to wind this down. I'm going to ask Mark to pray for, um, as we said, pray for peace, pray for Israel, uh, pray for the violence, uh, pray for those. Uh, for conducting the violence and who initiated the violence. Pray for the families that are impacted. Um, I don't think people get it. It's one thing uh, when you are in a nation that's in conflict and you lose loved ones. It's another thing to watch such atrocities be streamed online to your family members, your friends, and people in your uh, community. Uh, it, it is just uh, because it's it's not just now you have a memory that you have to contend with. You have visuals that are still circulating all over, you know, the internet um, and will and, be for... Yeah, and with that being said, I wanted to put a word out to parents. Uh, parents, more than ever, you need to be watching what your, your children are watching right now. Who is it? Yeah. Because if if they see some of these things that are happening that are being broadcast, um, it could scar their lives for a very, very long time. Um, so be very diligent in watching what your kids are watching. Um, it's very important. And I, I will add to that, be careful on what you communicate to them about yes. what, they, what they have seen, if they have seen this. Because what you don't want to do, I don't care where you stand on this, is communicate to your children that, yeah, uh, when you want to um, refute something or disagree with something, uh, the best way to do it is to pick up a knife or a gun and go do uh, some of the violent atrocities that we have seen. So... Uh, be very careful how you communicate to your children about what's happening. Because if you communicate to them that it's okay, you've just given them the green light to do those acts and those horrible things to other people whom they disagree with or whom they feel they need to try to uh, either overcome or, or who are oppressing them. And that is not the message that we want to send our children on the way to handle those type of things. All right, yep. so yeah, uh, Mark, you pray for us. Father, we thank you for loving us. 
we thank you for your mercy and your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you for um, just being able to call upon you. And Father, we do come now in the name of Jesus asking for your protection upon your people in Israel right now, Lord. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that she may be secure from her enemies, Lord. We pray that you would be with the families who have lost loved ones, the families who have lost people um, to kidnapping, to people that um, are just wondering where their family members are. Lord, we pray for peace in their hearts. We pray for those who are acting out on this violence, Lord, that you would you would speak to their hearts, Lord. Lord, that you would show them that this is not this is not you leading them. This is a false God leading them to do these horrible things. We pray that you would be with the leaders of Israel, the leaders of our country, the leaders of countries around the world. Lord, that you would just give them wisdom, give them spiritual guidance that they need to do what you would have them to do in this time. Father, we thank you and we praise you that you hear our prayers. And we ask now that you would be with us uh, throughout the rest of this day. And Lord, that you would help us to be in a church or a celebration group this Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.